It's time again for the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. I'm your host, Spud McConnell, and we're going to talk about how you can help feed the hungry and the homeless down in South Louisiana. So let's chew the fat, huh? Now make la vie, as the Cajuns say on the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. Okay, back again with another fabulous podcast episode of TCU Food Bank Taking Care of You. One of the people who takes care of us at the Food Bank is uh, State Senator uh, Big Mike Fessy, who I'm joined with right now. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Just trying to survive what we've been through the last 18 months. I know. Just not 18 months. Yeah. You know, between the pandemic yeah. when everybody finally getting back on their feet. Now they got all these other Omicron and Delta and all the rest of this nonsense, and then we get hammered by Ida. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough a tough blow for uh, my whole district, uh, having the center of the storm come right through the center of my district. I mean, South Terrebonne is used to storms, but can you get used to a storm <clears throat> with 150 mile an hour winds? I, I don't. What do you do? Well, you know, and and, and that's the whole thing is, uh, you know, they 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 saying it was a category four, but so many uh, documents. Uh, from different people coming in with different uh, wind speeds, uh, which sustain wind speeds at higher than that. So I, I don't think you can prepare, but, you know, uh, is get the buildings built a lot stronger. And, and I mean, it, it's amazing on, on, on how all the new construction survived. So it, it does help to follow the new codes. Well, I know when, when Katrina hit, and I talked about that on the radio afterwards, that there were new codes statewide. And a lot of people up in North Louisiana were kind of bitching because they had to supply, go apply by the codes that are set down here. They don't catch those kinds of winds, but they also are more inclined to tornadoes. And I mean, the the code that we've gone up to, I don't know too many buildings that can survive a direct hit of tornado, but if it's, you know, 500 yards away, it could still take your roof off. Right, right. And like I said, it's, you know, it's it's a detriment in, in upfront cost, but it's a savior if if you if your house stays together and, and you got a place to live after a storm. So, you know, uh, it's a you know it's been very much recognized, especially in the camp areas, that the camps that built it the new code, especially like down in Cocodry. If you go look at those new camps that were just recently built, they look like hardly anything happened, and and you got other camps just totally demolished. So it's you know, it's uh, I th- I think it's it's just a matter of uh, building building stronger uh, mm-hmm. facilities using the new codes. It's using the new codes and using new. I mean, can you take the same building materials and and build a camp or a house down there? And if I mean, will the codes upgrade or in the codes? Because I ain't built no house. I'm I'm living in the house my wife grew up in. It was built in the 30s. You know, it's almost 100 years old, and it's got a 300 year old oak tree that hangs over it. And it's the first time we ever had a trouble. I had a limb, I had a branch fall and punch a hole in my roof. So I'm I'm blue tarped like everybody else. But I don't see any new or different type of materials being used. It's it's uh, it's not just you know you, there is different types of material like from vinyl siding to going to hardy plank. Hardy plank seemed to hold up a lot better, in in the wind load. But the biggest thing is is doing the undercover stuff that nobody sees. It's the hurricane straps. It's strapping your studs down to your slab. Uh, it's just a bunch of things that's unseen that that the mm-hmm. new codes call for. 
that uh, make things so much stronger because once once one section of your roof lifts off then the rest of it's coming you know it's yeah so if you if you don't ever lose that first section of roof well then hopefully your building stays together and the and that's and the the hurricane straps there the code is to go like every other but I've, I've talked to a lot of people go, well, we it, put it on every Yeah, one. and that's what I'm saying. I mean, just like I built my camp down in Grand Island in the year 2000, and there was no such codes, but I built it by my code of being a home builder way back in the day. Mm. And my code was, you know, my camp survived with just losing some vinyl siding, which I had hardy plank on the first floor, but the second and third floor, we used vinyl siding. I got a... I got. A, I guess I got a little lazy and wanted something easier to put up way up in the air. But I will change it to hardy plank because hardy plank shows that it it, yeah. it holds up. Well, and the, the, but the, the the siding. I mean, it's it's kind of made to shift back and forth with those little holes, and it's just it's a good looking material and it stands up to a lot of things. But it is. I'm, I saw a report the other day about sun beating down on it, so you can like wipe your finger on it, and it's like it's oxidizing, and it's also frankly just flimsy. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, like I said, uh, you know, it, it's 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 been good for a long many a years. I mean, I mean, we started using vinyl siding back in the early '80s, and uh, so never had a, a problem with it, long as we didn't have 150 plus mile an hour winds. That's the whole point of it. Are they are, is, is is after every storm? Do you think uh, the codes are going to change even more? Do you think they're going to change and? No, no, I can't. You can't tell somebody they can't use something to build their house. But I mean, you got to get. Well, I, I look I, like I said. Let, let's go back and look at the, the the camps that were built under the new codes and how they survived. And let's see if there is anything we need to add to help out that much more. But like I said, a lot of the newer codes, especially even Grand Isle, Grand Isle, a lot of the camps on in the newer locations that were built by the codes, they they did they did pretty good. Yeah, you know, and then and then the thing is too is if you did have a problem, was it a failure the way it was built? You know, whoever didn't follow the rules, you know, so you you, you got to investigate all that to see whether you need to strengthen the code up or not. And you got to listen. To, I mean, well, frankly, you got to not listen to some of the people. Like after, okay. After Katrina, there were a lot of people saying, well, what are you doing doing Mardi Gras? I'm going, that's who we are. Don't tell us who. I'm not going to tell people in Iowa what they got to do. We're going to do what we got to do. And a lot of people, because of the disappearing coast, because of climate change, there are a lot of people saying we should just abandon and go. But that's why when we, we were both at this luncheon, yes, CIA luncheon yesterday, and listened to that woman talk from Shell, and who's been all over the world, and her kids want to come back and go to Grand Isle. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's good for us to have people like that who work in an in a international company keep not only how important the oil and gas industry is here, but the culture that's here that needs to be preserved. Well, and, and that's a key. Between the seafood industry of Louisiana and, and the oil and gas of Louisiana, I uh, always said we were the heartbeat of America, you know, because we feed so much to the rest of the country that uh, is unrecognized mostly. Mm -hmm. And uh, with with our uh, in ingenuity and our inventions that's come uh, uh, out of this area for the uh, oil and gas industry is phenomenal of what we've done for the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's why people love being here. You know, uh, I had some visitors down from Canada, Canadian Energy Center, uh, just uh, two weeks ago. And they had such a great time when I took them around, even after the storm. So we really didn't, yeah. couldn't really uh, show them the, the real stuff, but just being here made them feel good and want to come back. Well, that's just it, too. You can't, as as beat up as it is down here, and we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes and, and talk more about that, but as beat up as it is down here, like Point of Shan, 
They really got hammered. But if you want some good shrimp and crabs, where are you going to go? Going to go down to Pornishank because they're out there fishing and they're pulling them all in. So it's kind of like that indomitable spirit. You cannot, you can't beat it out of us. You know? Right. So that's well, one I totally of the things. I totally agree. Yeah. We're going to step away for a minute. And when we come back, we're actually going to talk about the food bank and what it does and, and, uh, and why, I don't want to call you a patron of it, but it does seem to be like you've taken us under your wing to help us traverse some of the things you got to do uh, in the Baton Rouge and uh, and then why why it's worth it and how much the food bank has grown. It's with... uh, just since my little time of, of being a senator, uh, the food bank has come in greatly, uh, you know, helping out through the last, like I said, 18, 19 months. It's, it's been a tremendous help. Yeah. Well, that's when I climbed on board. So we're going to take a break here talking with uh, with Big Mike um fessy about the food bank and the area we'll be back with more on the podcast right after this are you ready to launch the american space alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all americans and not just for national pride you know how many products are created by and for nasa that we use every day scratch resistant lenses dust busters lasik eye surgery solar cells firefighting equipment leds insulin pumps the list just keeps on growing and it needs to keep on growing because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Now we're back talking to Big Mike Fessy, Senator. Uh, from here in Terrebonne Parish, and uh, here on the TCU Food Bank, taking care of you. And that's what Mike's been doing. He's been taking care of us while we take care of other people. I got to tell you, Mike, there are people who, after the storm, we see come through distribution. And you can tell that there are folks there who have never had to ask for anything. They are usually the ones who donate to us so that we can help other people. And now all of a sudden, they're finding out what it's like to come through the line. And the the biggest lesson that I've learned so far at that food bank is about the people that work there is they are so non-judgmental. They don't, you know, we have a set of standards you got to meet before you get food, but nobody judges anybody. If you drive up in a Mercedes or you drive up in a rusted pickup truck, you're going to get the same smile, same service, same everything else. And I think that touches a lot of people like that. I think that uh, the, a, a job has been greatly done through the food bank and and so many people are so grateful for those resources. And we're so blessed that we had so many donations coming in from all parts of the country to help uh, give out what we could. And just like I opened up my event center uh, to cook food and, and, and do everything we could, and the food bank was there behind me getting the food to us and making sure at, at the highest point, we one day I remember we gave out 1,480 plates 
of that's food. That's a lot of plates. That's a lot of plates. And and so the whole thing about it was is like you said, you had people from all walks of life in line grabbing, you know, a couple of plates of food so they could at least have a hot meal for yeah. at least one that day. And uh it's it's been a tremendous change of thought on how people think when we, you know, on how important it is that everybody helps each other. Well, everybody's got to eat. I mean, there's a lot of charities out there, and they're all good. They all accomplish something. But the bottom line is, everybody's got to eat. You cannot go, you know, a couple of weeks without eating something, and that's that's why it's so important to, to keep the food bank rocking and rolling. That's it. And, and like, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, when, when, when our main water system was out, uh, that's, that's a hard, uh, you know, item to, to repair, and uh, so being without water, I, 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 you know, my famous saying now is I can do without electricity all day long, but I can't do it without, without running water. I mean, that's just yeah. tough to live. So, you know, if you if you don't have running water, you definitely need the food bank and you need people cooking food and, and helping people uh, get, get a good meal. I grew up in the country outside of Gonzales is where I'm from. And uh, so we have water wells. We have, you know, you can't do that. Like now I live in Metairie. They wouldn't let me put a well down, but when when uh, when Betsy hit and the power was out in my neighborhood for a month, my uncle next door he had a well too, but he also had a hand pump. We didn't have that. We had the electric pump. Everybody in every day, people were coming over and filling up buckets at my uncle T's hand pump. Well, I mean, I wish I could do that. I wish I could have a hand pump in my backyard, but I can't get a truck back there, and Jefferson Parish wouldn't let me do it anyway. But what are we looking like around here? I mean. There's a lot of areas of Terrebonne that are a lot more more rural. Well, I, you know that that would that that's a little about a, a little bit out of my uh, my uh, I guess my intelligence area. or area <laughs> on that on you know whether we can drill here. I know because we got you know we got water. You dig down two foot, three foot, and you can hit water, but just don't know if it's it's it's, it's good enough to uh, yeah. to to use. But um, I'm sure it's available. You know, and I'm sure that, you know, you can set up those systems and, you know, it's just something we forgot about. We forgot about cisterns. Cisterns have been on, you know, you put gutters around your house, it goes into a cistern and, and you have water. You I mean, yeah. you know, that's a thing of the past. Why? I, I guess because we got used to that running water. Every well, day some, and and then there's some places, there's some places around here that they don't let you save rainwater. Not not here in Louisiana, but there are states that don't let you do that. I'm going, you know, how are you going to, how do you? Propose to take care of your people. I would hate to go. No, I would love to go see their their food banks and see how they're operating over there. But some of these rules people come up with just don't make any sense to me. Well, it's like I said. You know, I, I guess that's part of. You know, you see some states fighting over uh, the water running down the river because more of them are putting dams in to make electricity or hold their water back so they they won't run out of water. So um, that's a part of the. The law that uh, I guess each state has its own rules and regulations on, on how they handle that. Well, you and I will get into that discussion on another podcast. Okay. But let's come back to the food bank now. Um, we're talking about in normal situations, the food bank pushes out about 150, 100, about 125,000 pounds of food in a month. In a year's time, we generally feed 17, maybe 18,000 people. The month after the storm in September, we pushed out 450,000 pounds of food. And so far this year, we fed 27,000 people and we still got all the rest of December to go. Uh, the food bank itself, 
I guess, has proven itself to be so good that other agencies around here are coming and asking us to participate in their situation, like the EOC. If those organizations do that, that are that are civic-based or have ties to the legislature, should not they be also not only asking us, but giving the food bank some of their abilities or some of their, their revenue so that they can actually feed feed the people that are they're sending to us. I, you know, I agree with you, uh, is, is, you know, on that because a lot of people don't, didn't recognize what the food bank done has done over the years, but in the last 18, you know, or so months, it's really proven how important the food bank is and what it's done. And so that's why me as a, as a, as a newer Senator and, 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 and went through a few sessions now that I pushed hard to get money for the food bank, get them in a new location. We push money for a new building that's fixing to be constructed. And I know y'all need more space, so we'll continue on. And as the word spreads, I think it's going to be a lot easier to get it through the legislature to, to get y'all enough funding to do what y'all need to do to keep up with the, the capacity y'all having to put out now. Well, also, and then in what happened during the actual storm, I mean, my boss, Lawrence Dehart, was actually coming out in the storm, helping them funnel food and blankets and such into the Civic Center because so many people's houses got destroyed and they're evacuating their houses looking for a more stable place. So that's another reason we're going to be set up now in the EOC to provide that stuff and going to have it on hand, which is why we need that new building. But now we got to find stuff to put in that new building to make sure it's there for the storm. Right. So, you know, that's why I said, I think it's a, a going to be a, uh, a process going forward that we'll be able to uh, expand and, and uh, keep it going. And and, uh, and and the proof there, the proof's in the pudding now, how important the food bank was to everyone. But I'm talking more about, I mean, the aid from the state and your efforts in the legislature are incredibly important. But I don't think everybody should just be, we shouldn't be just relying on you. I mean, it, I think it's time for the whole community to understand exactly what is happening at that food bank and maybe they can step up a little more too. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's just a word we got to get out and, and, and like I said, have, have the parish maybe uh, put, you know, uh, could, could be able to help out uh, and some of the, the, all the other locals throughout, throughout the state start, you know, putting their food banks together where if we got a disaster in one part of the state, we can always always help that one location yeah. or, or whatever it is. We are establishing, like we just established a real strong tie with uh, the, the food bank on the North Shore, and now we're looking towards the West. So little by little, we're building that that uh, that network. But uh, And that's important, I mean, because, I mean, just what we went through with, with Laura and, and all the hurricanes on, on the West side of the state, uh, and I know we, you know, a lot of, a lot of help was sent their way. And then, you know, as far as us, a lot of help was sent our way. I mean, you had all of the other parishes going to the West of us, uh, calling and, and donating. And I had a lot of people from the new Iberia area and all, all the way to Lafayette and all mm -hmm. just, just piling in and, and wanting to help and, 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 and send stuff to the food bank also. We made a really good uh, connection with the, uh, the Cajun Navy out of Lafayette. You know, I mean, they've got all over the place they got networks of their own stuff but we supplying them stuff we're getting a much better working relationship with them so the word is getting out mike so we're that's that's what it takes on anything that you want to move forward you got to get the word out and get people on board and and i, I see it happening every day well 
We can always use the extra food if you got any. We can always use the extra money if you got any. And we can always use some volunteers to come help us pack boxes. So anybody out there is interested, 95-833-8851. And Big Mike will be glad to pat you on the back and say thanks a bunch, too. Take That's a little right. load off yeah. your shoulder. Yeah. All the help we need is, uh, is, is always beneficial in the future. All right. So that's wrapping up another episode of the uh, TCU podcast, Taking Care of You. Talk to you again next week. Until then, watch out for the crazies.